Hello everyone, Dan Lovai here and welcome to the New Net Podcast, the podcast where we talk to interesting people doing interesting things in and around PNG. Uh, today our guest for today is someone who I've known for many years and she's done a lot of work in the advocacy space and is one of the contestants for the Miss Pacific Island pageant PNG. Uh, so yes, please make welcome Miss Rapopo and Sanctuary Resorts 2021, Leilani Konjub. Hi everyone, so it's really exciting to be given the opportunity and especially the space to share a bit about what I do. Um, I'm sure during the conversation dialogue, we get to learn more about um, the spaces of impact that a lot of youth work in, as well, uh, as well as myself. And so I'm really excited about this. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming on, Lelani. Now, for the sake of our listeners and viewers who uh, aren't aware of who you are and what it is you do, could you please just let them know and uh, tell a bit about yourself? So my name is Leilani, as you've introduced. I'm sponsored under Rapopo and Sanctuary Hotel Resorts, which I am grateful for, um, under the Miss Pacific Islands pageant PNG. Um, what I love about this pageant is that it gives a platform for young women like myself to be able to share about our advocacies and especially about the endeavors we're mostly interested to pursue or the type of changes we would like to see in our communities and what we're doing. Oh, that's very good to hear. Now, um, I didn't want to ask, uh, as we uh, dive right into this, uh, your work with the, in the advocacy space. You've done it for a number of years now. And I think uh, I wanted to ask uh, specifically about, I remember the book drives that you ran a couple of years back. Could you get to just share that experience you've had with that? Thank you for asking. Um, so initially, before I started, um, before I applied for the pageant, I've actually been doing a lot of... Um, advocacy work in the spaces of education, children, and health, because I think it's really important. The leaders of tomorrow are our children, so we should prioritize and invest in them. Um, back in 2017, um, through my recent tri trips back and forth to my village, which is in Mumeng, Bololo, Morobe province, I've seen a lot of struggle among my people, especially in the community schools, the lack of resources they had and the lack of proper infrastructure. It made me sad and it made me see from a different lens how fortunate I was as an individual to live in the city and be able to have access to the basic services that we have. Um, and you won't know until you actually go to these places where uh, people don't really have that much privilege as we do i would say um, and so it compelled me to want to start a book drive um, because i thought that if we were to create an impact or something that would help young people it would be through the education so education would be a tool for them to use in order to shape the tomorrow that they would like to have yeah uh, most definitely and i think i share that perspective that you have that um uh, i believe that for us that live in Mosby specifically, there's a bit of a, I, I'd call it the Mosby bubble, where we're so used to how things are in Port Mosby and we're unaware of how the situation is in the outside centers where we have all of our services here and education and opportunities and everything, utilities, things like that. But in the outside centers, it's very, very different. I've been to some centers where they, power isn't a normal thing. And uh, this morning before we recorded, we had a blackout. Uh, in the morning that that woke me up I'll be honest but that's one of those things where living in PNG that's a bubble and that's our inconvenience for us something like a blackout night I definitely share that perspective that in the outside centers 
there are things that they face there that we take for granted here. I can agree with you on that. Um, just from my visits to and from like my home, because I'm from a mixed parentage of Morobe, Isipik, and Central. So we get to have family trips every five years. And during each of the five years that we spent in the village, I've seen that there had been almost little to no change at all in terms of the, the quality of education, um, health care, and sanitation. And it really made me sad. It made me question what is our, the government of today doing for our people, especially in the rural areas. Yeah. Um, and so apart from just initiating the book drives, I also saw that one of the targeted areas that needed special attention was the menstrual and hygiene mm -hmm. space. Um, especially going back home, I saw that a lot of young girls, maybe probably the ages of 15, as early as 15, were getting pregnant. And it kind of made me feel sad because then they would be transitioning quickly into motherhood instead of um, exploring education opportunities or helping to build themselves, yeah. And so part of my drive started to evolve now from education to menstrual hygiene, and it, it just became a merge, yeah. Oh, man. And along the lines of uh, menstrual hygiene, you've also uh, done some work with uh, Queen Pads as well? Yeah. Um, so I think as early as 2020 or 2021, I've helped be part of their advocacy drives, especially when they set up stalls at Vision City, um, introducing their product, um, which are uh, reusable pads made of fabric, special fabric, um, designed in a way where you can wash it after and use it again. Yeah. So it, the thing I love about um, Queen Pads is that they've created a product that not only caters for those in the rural area but they've created this product in a way that's also conscious about the environment and the waste that we're producing so i think in a way it's a win-win solution for everyone yeah so working along the the space um i've got to meet a lot of people um through water aid um, brian bell foundation and just seeing the collaboration and seeing how so many people have that like-mindedness or drive to want to pursue change is very encouraging as a young person so i really like that now uh, i think i was looking through uh your social media and uh over the years the advocacy work that you've done and i think i came across the one of the specific ones where i think you did the menstrual awareness and i think uh queen pads donated some of the pads for you to uh go out to your community i think this was in you okay. visited one of the schools and it, i think you aimed at um speaking to only one specific grade, but then a whole bunch of other grades uh, came on board. So how was that experience speaking to this large group of people? First of all, I'll correct you. The donation was actually recent for Queen ah. Pads. Um, they donated it on, I think this was in March 27 or 8, during World Menstrual Hygiene Day. So it was me as well as um, other contestants on the platform, mm -hmm. as well as other group of women who were doing community service that were given um about a hundred reusable pads i would say yeah um but the most recent trip that i've had which was last year around june on my birthday which i had the privilege of going back home was when i went and um 
ran the menstrual hygiene awareness program. So it had been something that I've been excited to do, going back and forth and just seeing their perspective, their mindset. Because um, we know that in the menstrual space, it's, it's a taboo. It's a taboo mm-hmm. conversation that is not openly spoken about. Um, and just going back to the community, I have to be conscious of the way that I speak, not to offend or like the choice of my language has to be tailored to how they would listen to mm. it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm so lucky that I've had support from my family, um, especially the elders who also noticed and acknowledged the importance and said, we will support you. So when I went back to my community school called Bundun Community Primary, I had my grandmother, who is one of the church elders, accompany me. So when she went, she approached the principal and said, oh, my granddaughter is here. She wants to share um, a bit about menstrual hygiene and awareness and give out these uh, reusable menstrual hygiene kits. So when that happened, um, I was expecting to only speak to grade Mm. sevens and eights. But what happened was the other grades, they felt left out. And these were grade um, all the way to grade five. They were like, okay, this is happening to me. Why is she not including us? And I I didn't know that they needed it. I didn't know. Um, And so it was surprising that somehow they all managed to fit into one classroom. Um, And that that was really encouraging for me that these women acknowledged the problem and they wanted to solve it. They wanted to learn. So when I when I got in there, I started to share from my perspective and how education had helped me. Um, in terms of the exposure and the opportunities I had um, and and how life was like Mm -hmm. um, in the city as well as um, um, the experiences I've had abroad with conferences. And so having them listen to me share about my experience kind of motivated them a lot. And they were like, oh, I want to be this in the future. And it was really nice to hear. Um, And so everyone came along and they were like how do you use this and like that like that and there were a lot of giggles and laughs and i'm like that's fine you can laugh about it um so long as they were comfortable Mm -hmm. to talk about it yeah and so when i was teaching them this is what you use it for this is how you take care of your special days um you know it shouldn't be a reason why you shouldn't go to school you should always come to school come to school try your best do the best that you can at least be able to read and write and learn how to add because these are like basic skills that will help you along the way if you're trying to start up your business Mm -hmm. or reach out to other people opportunity comes when we're able to communicate and now in this day and age reading and writing is very important so yeah i mean that's that's the work that i've done so i was able to donate about 48 reusable menstrual hygiene kits that were donated to me by kokoda track Mm. Uh, charity yeah so these um, reusable pads were uh, days for girls it's a global organization currently so they were the ones that um, donated that to me and I was able to distribute I'm also grateful I must acknowledge the people who had helped me along the way Um, it wasn't just like myself I had a community behind me and I would say um, a bunch of academics um, at UPNG Mm. helped me out bring the the package all the way to lay um and then i also want to say thank you to toro gaming 
um, Henry Torobet, who also gave me a platform to um, speak on this space and topic, um, as well as my friends um, from uni who were very supportive. So um, it, it takes a group. It takes no man is an island, I would say. So I'm very fortunate for the support that was given to me so that I would enable someone to have a better future, I guess. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome to hear. Now, uh, going back to, I think, the topic on education and uh, uh, as speaking as of now, uh, the elections are still, well, they're not still happening, but counting is happening right now. Okay. So as, we're, as, like, as that's happening right now, I guess I wanted to get just perspective on education in terms of what your hopes are for, I guess, the future and what you're hoping that the incoming government can do. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking that question. So I'll just be general in my response. Um, I believe education helps us make conscious decisions when we're better, when we better understand a situation or when we better understand the policies that we have or the systems that are in place, we're, we're able to make better decisions and choices. And so education in a way is a powerful tool and my dad would always tell me read a lot of books read a lot of books um, read widely read diversely so that you're able to have a global um, perspective of things not just yes learn about your culture um, but learn about others as well so you have a wide view of um, everything and so you're better equipped to making decisions um, in terms of what we're going through right now, um, I would say that I hope that the leaders who are elected into parliament make conscious decisions of the type of policies that we have in place in terms of education. At the end of the days, we, we do have laws, but we also have the parliament who, who makes those laws. So it takes political will to actually have an impact on the community and the people. So I hope that our government today thinks about prioritizing and investing back into young people and giving them opportunities because um, we need that. We honestly need that. Oh, yeah, no, I definitely believe that as well. Opportunities, and I think uh, going back to the point of you mentioned when you were speaking to that uh, the classroom full of all those girls and you were telling them basically opportunities and role models, I think, because that's one thing a lot of people don't have. I remember, I think it was our guest a couple of weeks back, uh, Lamek Lavari, he was talking about how his community, one of his community initiatives that he runs in his community is that he wants uh, the young people in his uh, area to know that there's more to life than just, uh, you know, staying at home and being uh, a quote unquote, you know, liability that there's things you can do with your life. You can be, uh, you can, you know, you can pick yourself up. The adults around you, aren't necessarily not most times the best role models but there are people your age and people that you can look up to who are doing uh great and interesting things and that it's good to hear that there's people out there doing that kind of inspiring work and also uh taking advantage of all these education opportunities i also hope that things do get better the, as i said before uh counting is still happening and the the government hasn't been uh organized as of yet as of this recording but I'm hoping for the future and I'm hoping that things will get better as well. Now, uh, we are coming to the end of the year now, like it's going up to August. And I did want to ask, uh, in terms of the pageant, uh, what are some of the uh, big events that will happen uh, now that the year is coming to an end? So, 
part of the the pageant is made up of two two components especially two to three components the first one is the pageant itself the second one is true promoting SMEs as well as education the educational um, scholarships that they provide so in terms of promoting um, SMEs and preserving our culture they put up the project runway so it's like uh, they run it most probably every five years I did the one in 2018 that fashion show as well as the one last year and there will be one this year yeah uh, that's exciting because we've had about 80 models who participated last year mm-hmm. you can imagine that's a lot of models a lot of people who who were participating um, and we also had around probably 10 designers so these were people who came in with the culture and culture on fabric and I I think having this platform promotes our women who are aspiring in this space as well as preserving our culture because each fabric and each print has a story to tell yeah and I feel in this in the society that we're living in culture is slowly deteriorating so what can we do to preserve it and this is one way forward yeah so I'm excited to participate oh man Uh, when exactly will that be happening the project one runway I would say probably sometime in August. I'm not too sure of the dates, mm-hmm. but if you're interested to know, you can go and check out um, my official page, Miss Rapopo and Sanctuary Hotel Resorts 2021, or the Miss Pacific Islands PNG page where a lot of their updates on events are posted daily. Yeah. Oh, man. And after Project Runway, there's also the crowning, if I'm correct? Yes. So that, I do know the date. Um our boot camp will start around the 23rd leading up to the 29th i think would be crowning so i'm really excited about that yeah now uh i didn't want to ask you i mean this this is something that you wanted to uh bring up as well uh with regard to uh the pageant and everything that's been happening and then the project runway and then the eventual crowning uh i didn't want to ask uh what uh where do you see yourself uh afterwards after the project runway, after the crowning and all that? So initially, why I chose to work in this space or be a contestant was to be able to build my network. I think I've seen that um, it's it's played an important part with some of the drives that I've carried out. Even if I win or not, I see myself continuing in the community space and helping um, a lot of young girls, especially in the space of education and health, um, because I... I strongly believe that it's not a one-time thing. You have to, like, in order for change, in order to see the change that we want to see, we need to deposit the effort, and there needs to be progress. So I see myself in the future, hopefully opening an NGO and going back to my community in Bulolo and helping the young girls there. Yeah. Oh man, that's great to hear. <laughs> now, uh, Leilani, I think we've come to the end of the podcast interview. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, that is it for this episode of the New Net Podcast. Thank you very much for watching and we will see you in the next one.